Welcome to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast, sponsored by Markel, the insurance with horse sense. Let's jump right in. This is Paul Costa with the We Love Arabian Horses global podcast, and today I'm thrilled to introduce Dr. Nancy O'Reilly joining our program. Hello, Nancy. Hello, Paul. How are you? Well, I'm good. Thank you for being here, and thank you for joining our podcast. We really appreciate it. We start every podcast with our conversation about how you found Arabian horses and how you first got started and your passion for Arabians. Could you share a little bit about that? Uh, actually, Paul, I was going through a divorce, you know, and, and, and I think anybody that's ever been going through a, a major life change uh, starts to really think about their lives in ways they never have before. But what I realized going through this divorce is that I needed a different life, a, a different part of my life. I needed a new group of people. And I really needed to step out there and, and do something really different. A good friend of mine, Dr. Crystal McCullough, and I know a lot of people know Crystal. Crystal knows everybody. But she took me out to Christian Park in Springfield, Missouri, and she showed me her, her horse, Triffy Shop. And, uh, and then I looked around the barn, and all of a sudden there was something that just happened. I spent, the, I spent several hours there looking at horses, listening to uh, Chris Wilson and his mom, Jeannie, and we talked about horses. And I walked away that day and I thought, you know what, this is, I've got it. This is something very important to me. So after my divorce took place in 2012, I bought my very first horse and that was Triffy Shop. Triffy Shop became my first uh, purebred Arabian. And uh, he was, he was basically a hunt horse, but uh, I did something that you never do with a hunt horse. Uh, I showed him in, in, in the Liberty class in Scottsdale. <laughs> in Scottsdale. Wow. And it was the most fun I've ever had. I, wear, I wore a red dress with black high boots, and I had my hair done. And I, everybody says, nobody does, nobody does Liberty this well. I said, well, things are changing. I had bling on, and I had the best, out, best time I've ever had out there with those boots and that red dress and that whip. I just thought, this is, this is the most fun ever. And the crowd, of course, just generate such energy. And so gradually I realized I was hooked. There was no doubt in my mind. I was hooked. And from there I have purchased, I have adopted and have many, many horses now. And that was how it began. But I uh, just fell in love. I fell in love with a new life and new people and this brand new breed of Arabians. Well, I think so many people that I meet in the Arabian community and other horse communities, they do get started a little bit later in life, and I think it's such a wonderful thing. Not everybody started when they were a child. It sounds like that's what happened to you. Absolutely. Well, I'd always been an animal lover, but, uh, you know, and I, I, I mean, I, I did ride. I jumped on I, There was a horse around. I'd jump on it. Of course, you know, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, I remember I was with a friend, and we, the horse uh, smelled, as they said, smelled the barn, and he took yep. off, and uh, I, we were flying, and the I was really hanging. I was doing a great job, but the, the darn saddle slipped. It, the, the saddle was not tight enough, and so I went down. That was my first. That was my first fall. <laughs> my very first fall, and I was. I was. I was in my. I was a. I was thirteen, fourteen years old. So, uh, I, I. I. I began my <laughs> falling off the horses pretty early. But now horses were always any animal. I just love to be around. Well, where are you based in now? You're in California. Yep, I'm in uh, Somas, California, Southern California Equestrian Center. We're uh, 45 miles from Los Angeles. Uh, some some people might recognize uh, Thousand Oaks. 
Uh, I'm just right, right off the 101, which is a major highway up and down the coast of California and uh, close to the ocean, close to the mountains. It's a beautiful area. Uh, I'm surrounded by uh, orchards. Lemon trees are all around me, avocados. Uh, and so, you know, Sunkist has a lot of contracts here. And actually across, across the way is another beautiful uh, uh, agricultural uh, farm that is raising coffee. It's huh. uh, coffee becoming something very important in California, coffee. Well, I know you have a beautiful um, facility and you, you welcome people all the time. Share a little bit about how you share the Arabian horse with people in, in your own facility. Well, uh, I, I, things have changed a little bit this, this past year. Uh, I've, I've got I've got a new trainer, and uh, actually uh, I've only got a couple boarders, so I've changed the venue that's going on here. We're becoming a destination. Uh, the horses eventually will be used for the older horses that, that for their next chapter. I'm going to use for leadership training, but I have uh, six seven horse shows, dressage shows every year. Uh, we do actually do film production here now. We have weddings and parties. So it's kind of a kind of a multifaceted uh, place. Like I said, we're only 45 miles from LA. I also have a 20 stall uh, portables for uh, a B&B, so we can do board and breakfast for horses. People that are traveling through through and they want to go to the beach or they want to go shopping or they want to go to LA, they can bring their all their medical records and they can put their horses here. There are trails around the property. So we, I've been, I'm moving into a different venue, but it's more for destinations, parties. But the horse itself, my horses will always be here, and then I'm continuing to show and drive and breed horses. So Southern California is also big in the breeding. I have, I have two stallions. I have Affliction. I have Life in the Fast Lane, and I am the owner of the uh, Mamaj Semen, the straw. So I am the one oh, who wow. comes to for breeding. So I actually have three stallions that are, that are breeding uh, in the in the country right now. That's fantastic. Well, another horse that you owned for many years, I think, is Kappa, the very famous Half Arabian. Tell us a little bit about him. I know he's a big part of your heart. Oh, yeah. He's my he's my heart horse. He really is. I, I, in fact, I was driving him yesterday. Kappa has, is, has just turned 18. And, uh, you know, he, he was my riding. He was my one of my first riding horses, uh, Sehe was one of my was my first country horse, but but uh, Kappa came into my into my life, uh, you know, not too long after that. And then I brought he was in Missouri, and I brought him out to California, and uh, he's he just has won everything. But he's one of the most kind, gentle, sweet, beautiful horses. All the little girls love a white, big white horse. So people, little girls would come up, come around, so I'd make sure they get carrots and be able to pet him and touch him. So he's, he's kind of, people call him the unicorn. <laughs> so that's he, great. He, he's just a very special horse. And I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, I just, I can't imagine him not being in my life. He's just so, he's just, he's just a great guy. Probably we'll start just driving him. He's, he's done, he's done all his jobs. He's won everything, but uh, we're, we keep him, we keep him, bit, we keep him fit. Uh, we take good care of him. He gets massages. He gets the, the great platinum, the GI, everything we need, he needs. But uh, I, I hope to have him. I want him to be one of those horses that lasts a long, long time. Well, and I think, if I'm not um, mistaken, that he was just national champion again in Show Hack 
at the United States National when, Championship. When he was right. shown the last time, that would have been his third consecutive year to be national champion. Gotcha. But, you know, he's been a uh, driving horse, uh, national champion driving horse. and uh, uh, Before that, he was a national champion costume horse. And I guess also side saddle. Wow. Well, quite a versatile Arabian and just a beautiful, beautiful animal. I've judged him myself many, many times. Um, well, tell us a little bit about Amazing Horsewoman and how that got started. <laughs> well, it goes back to kind of uh, Women Connect for Good and, and kind of going into a new lifestyle. Uh, I had I was creating a, li- uh, a new LLC for my horses. I started to buy them and wanted to put them in, in, in my as part of my business model. And I, Amazing Horsewoman just, I don't know, just thought about it one day and I thought, why not? Women need to, to be more tell their story and toot their horns more. So for me back then, it was really about me. You know, I've been working with women about empowerment and gender equity and gender equality. But, you know, the first person I had to work on. I guess it's you. I guess it was. Good good answer. Good for you, Paul. So the first person I had to work on was me. I'm a psychologist, so I thought, okay, why not? And the amazing thing about it is that Amazing Horsewoman was branded very quickly because I think people really liked it. They didn't know who I was, and I didn't care if they knew who I was. The, the, the thing was is that when every time a horse did really something out in that arena and they'd say, owned by Amazing Horsewoman, people would just, I think people just liked it. They loved it. And so <laughs> I, I don't have to brand anything. You know, and it really was, uh, it really was about why not? Why not be some, say something really special? Amazing horsewoman. And at that point, I really wasn't even riding the horse at that time when I made that, when I created that LLC. Well, it kind of was a, a, a predictor of the future, I think. And, you know, being a leader in our industry and someone who really speaks out for women and men. Um, and I know you've written a book recently um, that talks about in this together and how men and women create their communities. And the Arabian horse community is quite a community um, similar. You want to share a little bit yeah. about that? Well, as I said, you know, uh, Southern California Equestrian Center is not only a destination, but the logo, I think the logo speaks speaks uh, speaks to what, I, what I've been talking about. It's a place for people who love horses. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've said this over and over again, uh, but horses literally saved my life. I needed something new and special in my life, and the, the Arabian horse just you know, I could be in the worst, most horrible mood or going through, uh, again, one of my amazing pity parties, but I would go into the barn and I would go and start greeting each one of my horses and just petting them, talking to them. And, you know, pretty soon I was in the most amazing mood and best mood ever. So I always know if I need if I need to change my mood, change my attitude, change my behavior, go in and I'll go in and spend some time with my horses. I've got two babies this year. I've got Easter, who is six months old, and I've got Affinity, who's Affliction's baby, who is three months. I mean, you can go, you get around these these babies and these horses, and you can't do anything but smile and feel good. I mean, have you ever seen anybody come out of the barn in a bad mood? <laughs> no, absolutely. Does, does, that, does that happen? <laughs> I've never, I've never well, and it, it. it's the, the it's the smell of the barn, the horses, everything about it. It's just it puts you in a good mood. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, anytime people come, I, I I give them carrots, I'll give them cookies, I'll introduce the horses to them, and then let them pet them. You know, because they're especially 
I love the little children and their hands go up and I said, yeah, go ahead. And, and they smell them. And I mean, it's just, there's an almost an immediate connection because once you set, tell them it's okay, these horses want, they love people, then, then they start to engage and you watch the magic happen. It's magic. It's magic every single time. One thing that you and I've talked about is the power of horses in our lives. Share a little bit about that because you've got some really interesting thoughts about how important these horses become in our lives and not just bigger well, than a hobby. Well, I mean, again, I, I, I've, I've talked about my own, you know, as a psychologist and, and you know, I was a sit-down therapist for 25 years. And, you know, we have seen programs uh, that have, have changed people's lives, the Wounded Warrior Program. Uh, what I want to do with my horses for this next chapter is for their next chapter is to really use them for leadership because, you know, being, being a part of a herd, you know, horses teach us about getting along, understanding, you know, relationships. And so now the power of the horse is that they're more sensitive. They see things miles, you know, Kappa, I'm pretty sure he's dead. He sees dead people. We're pretty sure he does see dead people, but, but they see things, they hear things, they see, you know, and they, they connect us but they're always connecting us to how our, our own emotions. You know, if a horse, if you, uh, you, typically if you're having trouble with a horse, it's probably you're the one that's having the trouble. You're, it's, your right. emotional discharge is not them. They're going, they're, they're wondering what's wrong. What, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with, what, is there something out there that I need to be uncomfortable about? So horses can be such an amazing uh, scope. Uh, you know, it's kind of like getting a physical every time you go out there with a horse because mm-hmm. they're, they're they're, they pretty well size you up before before you've even gotten close to them. You know, I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever used a horse whisperer before, but I have. I've used it with my dogs and I've used it with my have – you, have you ever used a horse whisperer, by the way? I have not, but I've been around a few. Yeah. Well, you know, they go in and, and they'll tell you things about the horse that nobody else could know except what goes on with that horse, you know. I love this one particular horse horse whisperer. She said, I said, well, what do do horses talk about? She said, well, a lot of times they're just talking smack about each other. Because, again, there's always that pecking order. But think about what people, we're we're always sizing things up when we meet somebody for the first time. Horses do the same thing with one another and with you as well. You know, as we think about the Arabian and the Arabian breed in our communities, and I know we all like to share the Arabian with our communities, you know, getting that hands-on experience is so critical. I know you yeah. just participated in, in the Keystone event that was hosted by the Arabian Promotional Fund. Um, tell a little bit about that and what inspired you to be a part of that. Well, unfortunately, I didn't make it to the actual experience, but uh, when Mary Trowbridge told, explained it to me and asked if I would be a sponsor uh, for, the, uh, for the event, it was, it was wonderful. It was such an amazing event that the show, first of all, the barn was open to the public for them to go on, go into and have hands-on experience with all the Arabians there. They had ambassador horses, which, again, were there strictly to meet the public. And, again, you're right. Hands-on is everything. I know that even in Scottsdale, which is a wonderful place, people come through the barns, and I love it when they take the tours because I know that there's going to be somebody in that group that's going to fall in love with the horse. And who knows, they may end up getting a horse not too long after that. But the amazing horsewoman barn at Keystone was really that, and that alone, was, which was, again, these ambassador horses that people could come through and really have a true, upfront, hands-on experience with the Arabian. 
And I, I love that idea. Just absolutely loved it. Well, and it was such a stunning event. And they did such a great job. And it's really a new major event in the Arabian horse community um, for our people to be participating in themselves, but also to provide that outreach experience for a very large audience. Well, and again, some of the classes, the uh, the audience actually became the judge. They, were, they acted as a third judge. Uh, and I, lo- I love that idea, having the audience participate as judging uh, an, uh, an actual horse uh, uh, class as to who the, who the actual winners were. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. Right. Um, you and I have talked a little bit about, you know, the, the importance of, you know, ingrained in your soul. The, the horse becomes part of your 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 being. Share a little bit yeah. about your thoughts on that. <laughs> you want you want to go really deep, don't you? <laughs> well, you know, I, I'd like to think. I, I I mean, I am a very spiritual person, but I think horses. You know, you can look back and you know read hi- the history of horses. Horses have always symbolically been seen as uh, very spiritual in, in many many cultures, and I think there really is that that spirit of the horse that. You know, maybe at some primal level or some primitive level that we've all been a part of at some point. I mean, horses have been in our history forever. You know, transportation was the horse. I, I, I think. I think again, the education about the horse, uh, you know, is really almost phenomenal. It's, it's fantastic. But I've read history about, uh, you know, going back to the ancestry of, of the horse and where they came from. But uh, they've been in our history. They are a part of our soul. They're a part of, our, of who we are and have been so very, very important. And I'd, I'd like for that to become more important again in our in our, in our our culture because I think uh, if everyone had the feelings about you uh, that you and I have about horses, this would be such a kind, amazing, caring world that we live in that there'd be no war, there'd be no poverty. You know, like I said, horses change the world for good. I can, you know, that's all I can tell you. Well, let's talk a little bit about Women Connect for Good and what your your mission is with that project. Uh, It goes back to, as I said, the most important thing I had to do when I talk about uh, women empowerment or women in gender equity or women equality. The first person I had to really uh, empower and work on was, I. you know who it was? It was me. It was me. And, and this was something that uh, I, I was doing a podcast, and uh, this is kind of how this started, Women Connect with it started. We'll call her Mary. And, and Mary had a book, and so I was doing an interview with her. We were talking about her book. And, and I said, well, Mary, how can I help you, and how can I help your mission and help you to, you know, to do what you're doing? And, it, and it's, I, thought the, I, thought, I thought the line, she, the phone I mean, I thought, thought she dropped the phone, the line had dropped or whatever. And she said, this little voice came back and said, you mean you want to help me? And I said, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. So that was really kind of a, an aha, the light bulb went off, was that this simple thing that I asked her, how can I help you, became the most amazing beginning of Women Connect for Good, which was women. The mission is very, very simple. It's women supporting women. It's evolved, and it's becoming women helping women and men helping women. Uh, Male sponsors and male mentors are extremely important. We're not going to get anywhere by ourselves. I asked you that before. I said, did you get, how'd you get to be you? You know, if you tell me a story or I tell you a story about who I am, it's always the relationships and the people and the events that occurred in your life to make you who, who you are today. And no one gets anywhere by yourself, by themselves. 
So women can get one of the most important things that we do, it's a connector. We find organizations that are doing amazing things for women and men, and we connect them. Because the more resources that we can bring together, we're building a community. It's a movement. It's a movement of people that really care about each other and really want to make this world a better place. And we do that because we do care about each other, and we continue to find resources that we can share and we can empower one another. That's fantastic. Well, Nancy, if they want to find out more about um, your podcast and your books and your other information, um, what is your website? Well, just go to drnancyoreilly.com. You can just go to Google my name. It'll take you into the podcast. It'll take you to the podcast. You'll learn about uh, about the uh, everything that we have. New, we have a newsletter. We also have a Lift Women Up campaign, which uh, Paul, you need to get it out there. This every day we lift another woman up. You know what? You what happens if we lift someone else up? We lift ourselves. We lift ourselves. Yeah. So the Lift Women Up campaign, but it's really lifting one another up. So. You're doing that for me today, and hopefully we're doing that for other people as we're talking. We're lifting everyone up as we're talking about things in life that really make a difference. And also they can go to uh, Southern California Equestrian Center website, too, because it tells, it'll tell them all about horses as well. We have uh, all kinds of information there and more events that are going on. And uh, we're constantly doing something, both with Women Connect for Good and Southern California Equestrian Center website. Well, I, I love what you're doing, and I love what we're doing inside the Arabian community is to help connect those resources and help the people up and lift up the community um, to provide outreach to more folks as well. I think that's exactly um, what you're doing, and I'm, I want to applaud you and thank you for your time today. You're so very welcome, Paul. Thank you for what you're doing because, again, uh, awareness is key, education is key, and we want people to love horses just as much as we do, don't we? Absolutely. It's just become a lifelong passion of mine, and I know for so many others, and I know we all love sharing it with uh, other folks that we're friends with. We want them to have the same opportunity to um, enjoy this great experience. I know that I am here to support the Arabian, and anyone who loves the Arabian, uh, again, we want to connect, continue to connect those dots. Well, thank you for your time. You're so welcome. You have a wonderful day. Hey, this is Austin, director of the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. Thanks for listening. If you want to share ideas, feedback, or want to get involved, send me an email at austin at welovearabianhorses.com.